0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Yes, I am back from being abroad and it feels like home. I am in the comfort of Formula One discussions and the good, beautiful man that is Tom Bellingham to run us through the Canadian Grand Prix. Isn't that right, Tommy? We're going to discuss all the ongoings from Montreal. It's good to have you back. All right, mate, you could put it some enthusiasm behind that. Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> oh, but,
1: man, I miss you so
0: thank much. Thank you. Well, you're doing the impression do? of me on Saturday, wasn't it? So, you know, <laughs> why can you do an impression of enthusiasm uh, here again today? But anyway, before we dive into anything, anything, everything Canadian Grand Prix, uh, let's read out a five star review. If you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five star review. Tell us why, uh, and yours may well be selected. This one's from BUPS2810 from the UK. I started listening to you guys about a year ago, and and haven't missed an episode when i saw you leaving your previous setting i was gutted finally stumbling across this podcast and listen to every episode i had missed can't think of a better duo to listen to waffle on about formula one thank you for all the great times and keep up the amazing work thank you Bubs. thank you for listening thank you for dealing with our waffle we are not the most uh, technical but we are the most passionate
1: yeah and i'm proud of you for the typos that I accidentally left in that you yes, just certainly... So I'm just checking that you, you're still on your game, so. I beautifully navigated
0: all of those typos (laughs) uh, and didn't run Burgundy it for once. Uh, Good. You can tell I'm quite tired. I got in at 3 a.m. because my flight was cancelled from uh, the stag do that I was on. So I had to get a different flight into a different airport. Then I had to get a taxi to another airport where my car was parked and then drive home. So I am a little bit tired, but I did manage to watch the race on my phone in the airport because I was actually supposed to fly at the same time as the race. And then I started getting smug when I saw it about 2 p.m. local time where I was in Greece. I was like, oh, I can watch. Oh, my, my, my flight's delayed by an hour. I can, I can watch this for most of the race. Oh, I don't mind this. And then 20 minutes later, the flight was cancelled. And I was like, oh, that's not good then i rebooked onto another flight which still would have been during the race then that got delayed i managed to literally watch up until the finish literally max came over the line as i showed my boarding pass to get on the plane it was unbelievably timed the world does
1: not allow you to miss formula one race just i can still keep
0: the streak up of not missing a live race in formula One. i don't know the last time i didn't watch a live formula one race and probably the same for you tommy as
1: well Uh, speaking of you you tommy Yes.
0: Well, let's think about your most memorable
1: moment, shall we? Okay, Uh, we will. My most memorable moment, uh, I think it has to be Alexander Albon's brilliant P7 in a Williams. Uh, He finished nine seconds off a Red Bull, which is incredibly impressive. I mean, that Red Bull was a bit washed, but we'll go into that later. Um, But yeah, Albon, if I if I take the the negative, let's go with the negatives first. I think it's. So maybe slightly concerning that a Williams can hold everyone back on really old tires um again, again another, you know, it, yeah. example of that after Baku and the struggling of like overtaking and this massive DRS train but even when you could overtake we have seen it before the Williams if if by some miracle if a Williams got on pole they would win the race because you you literally can't pass it <laughs> maybe Monza or something like that but you, look, you
0: think Verstappen no, would no, not no, pass of, an album if, if,
1: no but exaggerating but do you know what I mean they're they're <laughs> just they're so hard clarify. to pass yeah for the people that don't like sarcasm no. um look it it was a great performance though nonetheless brilliant on his tires and really made the most of those new upgrades he had the new upgrades Logie Sarge didn't his car just pooped itself immediately which is a shame but
0: so, so run me through because you know i was a little bit off the radar this weekend what upgrades specifically every single one of them to the nth degree millimetres placement and everything what did williams bring this weekend
1: uh so three centimeters into the <laughs> floor no um they made the car better they pressed the upgrades button and Albon's car is now good well so, there you go
0: the, that's the kind of insight you technical... always expect
1: from p1 with Matt and Tommy.
0: Uh, <laughs> Do we have any specifics, Tommy? Do you, do you know what they did Not to the car? Not off the top of
1: my head. Jeez. I can find them. Tommy! I can find them.
0: Good. Did they change the floor?
1: They did, yeah. Oh, that, okay. That was part Good. Because I'm part really glad
0: on Funniest Tweets I said that their floor was still terrible. Maybe it still is, but they've made it slightly better, uh, at least. And Logan's Alben, is. P7. Logan's is what? Oh, the. Because Logan didn't the get the floor. Brits. Okay. Fair. Uh, and he didn't finish the race. But, uh, but yeah, Alban really unbelievable drive um as you say it is a little bit concerning that he essentially has drs throughout the entire lap and just kind of sacrifices the fact he can't really turn around corners but that's that's how it worked right you know he managed to thrust himself up there he was on uh, hard tires for a whopping 58 laps is that Yep, yeah, that's, that's so, a yeah. long old time to be on the same set of tires but he, he held off Ocon and Stroll and, and Bottas and all those behind. It was an absolute train and a half, but he did what was put in front of
1: him. He did. He managed to hold off Ocon and his twerking rear wing, um, which was very bizarre. Never seen that before.
0: That was strange, wasn't it? That really was. Uh, before we get on to Ocon, question from Ace12Adam. Is Williams firmly firmly in the mix for points after their upgrades? I still think that their philosophy very much works around certain tracks with massively long straights. So perhaps we will see the likes of Spa, for one example, or Monza. Those those tracks where well, we saw Nick DeVries score a brilliant points finish when, when Alex was uh, going uh, in hospital at that point uh, last year. So... It seems that way again, that if they can somehow put themselves in the mix, of course, Albon, with a great qualifying, put himself into that mix of being able to to hold off these these essentially faster cars, but they couldn't pass him on the straights. And and that's the best opportunity uh, for, for for them. So I, I think that it's difficult to say if it's going to be a consistent running trend. We're going to Austria next, which is not known for long straights. So I firmly believe that they'll probably get knocked out in Q1. But if their philosophy works at more tracks than it has previously, then you're flying.
1: Yeah, it's not known for long straights, but it is a lot of straights and not many corners. So I don't know how I don't know how that will work there, but it depends if they get ahead of of anyone. But look, Albon put in a brilliant performance, whether if he'd qualified even better because he topped Q2, which was mad. But, you know, he could have easily started maybe fifth or sixth on the grid maybe he could have beaten Perez. I don't know. But um, it's it's difficult to say with Williams because we have seen this happen before, regardless of upgrades. And, oh, he's now got these upgrades. He does have that in him. Like like the Baku Sprint Race, for example, he did finish, uh, yeah, ninth. So there's no points on offer. But like Williams do have it in them. Just sometimes their car, more than any other team, I'd say, where their car just sometimes on certain tracks is just like, hey, I'm really, really good this week. And then we go to the next race and then 19th and 20th in qualifying. So uh, it's just Williams things, but hopefully it carries on uh, with this this good run of form.
0: Fingers crossed, because then we get to see exactly what Alex is made of rather than trundling around at the back and, and beating a, a Haas or whatever. Uh, now we move on to my most memorable moment. And of course... How could it be anything other than Ferrari strategy being good? I am wearing this shirt with pride. I, I filmed Funniest Tweets earlier. I'm still wearing the same shirt because Ferrari are in my good books. And, well, how? I mean, how have I got. So, if you told me this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier when Ferrari were actually winning, that 2023 Canadian Grand Prix, I would be somewhat ecstatic about Ferrari not getting pole position, not finishing on the podium, and it being like, well, that was a decent race. Because mm. it's changed quite dramatically the expectations of a Ferrari fan uh, since last year.
1: It has, but not to be super negative, but we're obviously applauding Ferrari's strategy right now that they've nailed it. But of course, they made the mistakes in qualifying. Leclerc made a mistake as well. Uh, Science. Block loads of people this does feel like a what might have been because they were quick red red bull even said that they thought ferrari might actually be their biggest challenger this weekend i don't know if i believe that but i do think leclerc might have been you know challenging for a for a podium i mean he started way down the order it was only four seconds off hamilton so you've got to think what might have been uh, and it's a shame that the one time Ferrari absolutely nailed the strategy with both cars, they started, was it 10th and 11th or something like that? So they're already on the back foot. Um, why couldn't it have been the race where, you know, Leclerc has a cheeky pole or something like that, uh, and then it could have got an amazing result. So it's great from that side. Hopefully, this is moving forward um, what, what they do. But um, I, I do feel like it's a bit of a missed opportunity at the same time.
0: Right, well look, we've been I negative all year. Disagree. So I am gonna be positive for once. Yes, Ferrari were very washed in qualifying um with with how just everything went down uh with that signs blocking, Leclerc not being on the right tire at the right time, in fact being on the wrong tire at all times by the by the sounds of it. I did say in funniest tweets as well, if you've seen that episode, but of course we can dive into it a little bit more here, is I think that there's 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 blame on Leclerc there as well because Sainz, let's say in the race uh, yesterday, he was told to come into the pits and, and told Ferrari to jog on, basically. Um, and that obviously turned out to be the right decision. He said he felt good on the tyre. Sainz has that tenacity, that instinct to, to do that. I feel, and it still seems that way, that Leclerc does genuinely just go, not not all the time, but kind of goes, or it's led more easier to a strategy by by the Ferrari yeah, team. Yeah. Yeah, you see that's the Hamilton Verstappen. They all just tell the teams to F off if they think they, you know, if, if it's wrong. Leclerc <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like perhaps shuts it down as quickly. Um, but yes, I think in the race they did a fantastic job. I think a lot of people were questioning when that safety car came out, oh my god, why didn't Ferrari pit? I was one we of them. We were all racing I'm them sure on the watch. Everyone along. was yep. was wondering that. Um but and it kind of leads into your point Tommy about perhaps it being a slight missed opportunity is the fact that they had some excellent pace on those medium tires. To lap 3839. Like that's that's unheard of for a Ferrari to be that good on its tyres, on, on what is, you know, uh, less durable than, than the hards. And Leclerc Signs managed P4 and 5 in the end. And doing that strategy was was a great idea because they were stuck in that train, uh, the the Alban train, basically. Um if and if they had pit with everyone else, they would have stayed. In that training, and, and I, I highly doubt P4 and five, at least as easily as they, it was, could have been achieved. You had Perez, of course, in sixth. Being, I mean, yeah, what can you really say about Perez's race? I'm sure we'll get into it. We'll but get into but that. for Ferrari, <laughs> I am going to say you're only as good as your last race, and that race was positive. We're going to ignore qualifying, <laughs> even though there's a v- really viral clip of Leclerc saying, "Watch out for traffic," uh, in in the pits in qualifying, and then being released straight into a car.
1: Yes, uh, that clip is is very ridiculous. But um, yeah, we, we on the Watch Along were absolutely roasting the strategy thinking there's no way they've basically just sold themselves like not having a free pit stop here. I don't know what they're doing. We all thought as well, you know, Ferrari's tires go off like like you were saying. And why wouldn't you bag that free pit stop? But I guess, you know, it was to get out of that Alex Albon DRS train um and then they had really good pace um and and that to me is why it is a bit of a what might have been because maybe no I'm not saying you know leclerc winning the race but maybe he is in that mix with alonso and and hamilton and, and battling uh, if he's not way down the order so um what a fight that would have been if we'd have had uh you know three different cars going for p2 which is now just the thing P two.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have to focus on P two like it's P one. Leclerc only finished four and a half seconds behind Hamilton uh, at the end of the race, so that does make you question, you know, what, what if? And but I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about the positives. And Ferrari did a good thing, and well done, Ferrari. We, we, we are so happy for you. That was a really good strategy that no one saw coming.
1: And another positive is, uh, science did look much more like on Leclerc's pace as well, which is a really positive thing for them. And
0: also, I want to say to Ferrari. Well done for not letting them battle for ten laps and then losing a, th- a thousand the seconds. They made decisions. Yeah, they made it. They were they were like, nope. Leclerc is in front. Signs will not attack you. It, it happened at several times during the race, and that was that. And, and that made sense for that particular point in the race.
1: Yeah, it's very true actually. So maybe this is this was the race where Vasseur's like, you know what, I am going to listen to social media now and do everything that we don't normally do, uh, and it's worked very well. So. Well done, Ferrari.
0: Well done, Ferrari. Uh, at Liberdem, Ferrari have been abysmal on tire deck this year. How did they hold on to the mediums for so long? And I think I think it just comes back to the point that Tommy said that they actually were pretty damn quick this weekend, and I'm sure that they actually were able to stay in a in a good optimum window with those tires. I, I don't think anyone expected them to go that long. I don't think they themselves probably expected to go as long as they did, but. The hard tyre had a, a big sort of warm up phase that Ferrari were sort of feeding into the drivers as well, and and so on and so forth. I think the medium's just just suited Ferrari uh, particularly well. I don't know if you've heard anything more, Tommy, but I think it just is a case of them having some really good pace.
1: Yeah, really good pace. Uh, the hard tyres were a weird one, weren't they? Because you know they they looked like uh, Verstappen was saying that you know he was struggling on the tyres, and then they kind of came back in. So I guess Ferrari's thinking as well as. Not just getting out the, the strategy in the warm-up phase was just like, well, you can do a once-up on these, so let's ignore the safety car and just run our race as normal and just use it that we've bunched up again. Um, and it worked really, really well. So um, for our fans, uh, like yourself, Matt will be absolutely praying every day that their tires are like that for the rest of the season because that has been their Achilles heel uh, all the time.
0: I'm not holding out hope. Um, but let's see, because I think that you, you mentioned that safety car, it, it, it almost was a little bit of a, a bait for some teams to go, ah, oh, well, you know, we'll pit, we'll this go on is the our free stop. And, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of drivers still, still did a two stop, which, you know, is exciting, isn't it, Tommy, to see a two stop race for, for the front runners. Wow. Look at that. Go on Pirelli. I know. Do as soon as they hear a sniff of Bridgestone, uh, you know, putting a, uh, a, an application into, to be the sole tire supplier, they're like, have a two stop race. Go on, go on. Yeah, have some strategy. Spain was interesting. You got Canada as well. Um, so yeah, interesting. Uh, at Squirella Five, do you feel the penalty for Norris was deserved? And also taking into account all the instances that were investigated during the race and not given a penalty, uh, the Lando one. I mean, I, I I've seen the on board. He's slowing down. It's a safety car. I think Lando himself was very confused as to why exactly he got a penalty. I don't think it was anything over the top. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't like he was backing up an entire field of cars behind him to try and get the double stack in. But this is what a lot of teams do. They do slow down to a certain degree. Uh, obviously, they, the FIA must measure a delta and he was over that. And therefore, they've judged him to be unsportsmanlike, which is a very strange description of uh, of why he got a penalty, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't understand why I didn't just say safety car infringement, because a lot of people were wondering what on earth he'd done. But for me, I think this was extremely harsh. Um, I remember Valtteri Bottas doing this about four times in 2021 uh, when they were running one, two, and just, oh, there's a safety car. And then the one that springs to mind I think is Saudi where you know he goes really slow into the pits he holds up the Stappen Hamilton can get his pit stop in and then Bartosz can come in for his pits absolutely fine it's one of those for me it's one and this is what I thought it was one of those weird rules where it's a rule but they don't really enforce it a bit like um you know when they're you're not meant to do a dummy pit stop and bring your mechanics out and uh you know pretend you're doing a pit stop and then come back in even though everyone does it and They've never policed it. And then, so for me, that was so weird because we've seen this so many times before. And as soon as I saw he got a penalty, I was like, he's probably backed off here because he was right behind Oscar and they wanted a double stack. So I think that was, that was harsh. It's either harsh or why haven't you been policing it? So the next yeah, time and policing it via the
0: unsportsmanlike route yeah, is a very exactly. odd way to go down because one it gives no one real any um, context indication as to what what that is and since when have any of the drivers really been sportsmanlike? you know that they, they are all there for themselves and they all try and get as much of an advantage as possible I, it's just a it was a very strange uh, route to go down
1: yeah i'll allow it if they actually you know keep doing it like it it's you can't can't be like, oh well they used to do it. So if they actually go ahead and do this now, the drivers will know not to do it, or you get a penalty. So I hope there's mm. some consistency on that and they've they have gone, you know what, we are gonna knuckle down on this. So um I guess in that sense it is a bit unsporting that you're like backing the field up. But then is that uh, now a precedent? Now you can yeah. now
0: not do that. Otherwise, yeah. it's unsportsmanlike. And then, how does that fit into other categories of not being sportsmanlike? Is Alonso giving it the absolute gas up that Hamilton's blocked him in the pit lane when it's at, that was the most biggest load of acting I've ever seen? Like that, that's not sportsmanlike because he's trying yeah. to get Hamilton a penalty when all he had to do was decelerate by one mile an hour. So where does it begin? Where does it end? And it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if that that comes up again.
1: Yeah, if you got if you got an unsporting like behavior penalty for a bit of S-housing, Fernando Alonso would be last He's every finished, single race yeah, with a 50 finished. second time penalty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there were other instances as well uh during the race that were not given a penalty. Can you run us through some of those?
1: Uh it was the well, one of them is the next question, but also Lando was the the same one as well that that basically a lot of cars pulled out of the pits and they didn't give the unsafe releases. Uh, as penalties. So Aiden Aquilina won. Why didn't Hamilton
0: get penalised for an unsafe release? Because it wasn't an unsafe release. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mean, a couple centimetres more. I think they're in trouble. Uh, Alonso does decelerate ever so slightly, but it wasn't enough to be... I would say, considered an unsafe release because Alonso, yeah, he knew what he was doing. As I was saying, he over-dramatized that to a level of which it was it was obvious what he was trying to do. And I'm sure the stewards then look at that and go... Come on. Like, Have you ever seen a lot? I don't think Alonso's ever countered oversteer with so much lock that he did in (laughs) in the pit lane coming out uh, trying to avoid Hamilton. It was just such S-housery. I loved it because, you know, afterwards, you know, oh, yeah, they're patting each other on the back. They're being, you know, they're bantering. Oh, you've got slow reactions, yada, yada, yada. But Alonso has an absolute killer instinct in him and is like, oh, that was that was a little bit close. Let me let me make that look so much worse than it actually was
1: yeah all the best drivers do it they they find that advantage out of any situation um this time obviously it didn't work and you know on the watch along f- first time we saw it, we fell for it but now the uh now you, the second you saw the onboard, I was like i think everyone probably agrees that offboard you're like that's an unsafe release all day that's definitely getting a penalty and then you watch the onboard and it's like Mate, Hamilton's no, not nowhere near you. But you could so easily have avoided that. And the way he's like, oh. and then there was quite a funny moment actually where Toto Wolf was like pretending to do the the action and whatever. So yeah, that's look, good. I love to uh, I love to see it. And um, I don't think we're going to go into this later, but I will say that I'm absolutely loving the fact that you know Hamilton and Alonso, the respect that they were sort sort of praising each other. Same with Max as well. You know, we saw. Uh, quite possibly the most decorated podium in the history of Formula One because you had Max up there, Alonso, Hamilton and Adrian Newey. Uh, I think 23 titles or something uh, on that podium with those four, which is incredible. Wasn't, wasn't 23 technically just Adrian Newey? Oh, was so, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's oh, done okay. 12
0: drivers, 11 constructors.
1: Oh, and it, they were counting the them as yeah, well. Okay, yeah. so it would be... A lot. 34. 34. Wow. So yeah, insane amount of of championships and stuff. Uh, And even in the press conference afterwards, uh, both uh, Verstappen, Hamilton and Alonso were basically just like, it's such an honour to be sharing the podium with these great drivers and all this kind of stuff and yeah. I'm sorry, was, right this, all of that. <laughs> secondly but this all is that, the thing, the lovey second
0: lovey-dovey, you know, Verstappen and Hamilton have started to be nice to each other I'm like, what universe am I in right now? <laughs> the moment one of them gets squeezed off or put in the wall all this respect goes out the window. I mean, I love to see it because I generally sit there like, yeah, okay you'd all, you'd all sell it, you know, you all throw each other in front of the bus if 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 it came down to a world title but right now they're all oh, oh absolutely you? oh i respect you no i respect you oh you're so lovely i love it no i genuinely it's it's great to watch but i cannot wait for the second it changes through something that's like minor as well
1: it was something really funny actually because alonso basically was like ah oh, a lot of the other drivers they don't leave a lot of space and stuff whereas these guys do and then hamilton was like yeah and i'm like you don't believe that Lewis, (laughs) like you're really saying that Max leaves you with the most space. Are you joking? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was um it was an interesting conversation, but like you say, it would change the moment uh the moment it happens. I
0: wouldn't be surprised if Fernando Alonso is just trying to lay little eggs in these, you know, in the Hamilton's minds, in the Verstappen's minds, whether it'll work or not, probably not. But in terms of like, oh, they always respect, they always leave space. So when Alonso does send one to the inside of Max Verstappen for the lead of the Singapore Grand Prix. Max might be thinking, no, I do I do give some space to Fernando because we're mates. You know, I, I'm sure Fernando always thinks about the long run with, with these kind of interviews and conversations. It is all mind games. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Let's move now to a question from Max to Class. What's wrong with Perez and Stroll? Max and Alonso are much faster. Is it a skill issue? Yes. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is right? It's it, it honestly is a carbon copy of what happened last year as Frank enters the room. You have to show Frank now. You can't just turn away from the camera and not show Frank. That's that's against the rules. There he is. There's Frankie Pooh. Um, Yes, Perez and Stroll. For Perez, it genuinely feels like deja vu. Last year, started really fast. Everyone's like, oh my God, can Perez challenge for the title? Then he just has this sequence of horrendous results and bad qualifyings. And we're all like, oh, is Perez going to keep his seat? It goes from the it's literal polar opposites. And I don't know exactly whether it will be because Perez is very much a momentum driver. If he has confidence, he can deliver whether he has favorite tracks, perhaps. And we always speak about his street circuit king and all this sort of stuff. Perhaps he is more suited to those kind of circuits and everywhere, everywhere else, even though Canada is technically a street circuit. He's a little bit more washed. I don't I don't get it. Stroll, look, that man has absolutely no motivation to do. It doesn't need to keep his seat. He's turning up, Canadian Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, I'll stand in front. Everyone has the national anthem. Woo, look at me, I'm non-stroll, on Canadian. Because that's what apparently F1 do now, where they have drivers stand on their own for the national anthem, which is the most awkward thing in the world. Um, But yeah, Stroll, I I can see where his motivation may not be as high as Perez, but it is ultimately a skill issue because Fernando Alonso and Max Verstappen are better. This is what happens in Formula One. They are better um but perez has had a massive dip and it all comes down to qualifying really when you when you put it down to it he's not made q3 in the last three races in a red bull
1: yes this is the car that people are saying is so overpowered we need to peg it back and perez isn't even making q3 it's it's incredibly embarrassing really um yeah perez let's start with perez actually um I don't even know where to start, actually. It's just so bad, isn't it? I mean, the worst thing is as well, he has these moments and you don't need to be on Max's level, but now it's getting to the point where it's like embarrassingly bad when Max is so dominant. The fact that, You know, I worked. uh, I worked out the championship if Max wasn't there, and adjusted every kind of order basically. And uh, Alonso would now be ahead of Perez in the championship because he's more consistent, and he'd been getting. You know, he wouldn't have the same number of wins, but Perez is keep having these races where he's finishing low down the order, and it's almost not an excuse to say, you know, him starting twelfth in a Red Bull and finishing sixth is not good enough because max has started 15th and he's got to second so easily uh, even if he didn't win and they did win in miami when he was was way down the order so it's incredibly frustrating for fans now um because max is winning so much so you do have this thing of going oh you know the only it happened with bottas where the only person you know that could actually challenge is his teammate but they're not delivering. And I'd argue that Perez is doing far worse than Bottas because at least Bottas was finishing second and third, every race behind Hamilton, not sixth, fifth, wherever he finished in Monaco, like 16th or something. Um, and then stroll the same, just, he had one good race in Spain. That argue wasn't even that good because Alonso would have beaten him anyway. Um, no biggest good surprise. (laughs) And, uh, One thing I will mention with Stroll is I saw Aston Martin had, uh, when they did their team photo, had Stroll P9 on the thing. It's like, that's not something you celebrate. When, When Alonso is putting it on the podium every race and you're P2, you don't get the pit board out of Stroll and go, yeah, P9. That's not a thing. So... Don't but he did bot
0: us on the line, Tommy. It was a great result for the it, team. It's
1: actually embarrassing. So, <laughs> and he wasn't—he wasn't even there in the in the photo because obviously it was it was a bad race for him. So, uh, really poor, and just showing that yeah, Max and Alonso are um, two of the best to to ever do it, and showing showing their skill. But uh, the fact that it's Perez and Stroll actually really does. Um, back up my theory that that 2019 racing point was a race winning car and should have uh, got a lot more Mm. points and uh, i think if you put max or fernando or lewis hamilton someone like that in a a 2019 racing point they are getting much better results than that so there we go it's a very good
0: point tommy Let's go back in a time capsule and put someone else in that car. Let's see what <laughs> we happens. We've got to go back. we got to go back. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of covers Perez and Stroll. Disappointing, as you say, we don't have a... Sometimes Bottas would remotely put up a challenge to Hamilton in the Mercedes. When we don't have that and no other team can really get close, that's when it is even more frustrating uh, for sure. Although perhaps with Perez really struggling to even get on the back of the ferraris i mean he obviously ended 30 seconds behind signs after pitting at the end of the race to go for fastest lap he couldn't he couldn't catch the ferraris so uh, i would I mean, on one hand, I'm like, Max feels like he's cruising. He had a dead bird in his brake duct and he still won the race comfortably. And I feel like maybe there was even a bit more pace in the car. But on the other side, Perez is struggling to get through the field more and more every time he screws up qualifying. So I'm going, is that Red Bull actually getting a bit closer to the pack? Are the pack catching up? I think a little bit, but I don't think it's anywhere near enough to overthrow Verstappen at the moment.
1: No, uh, Verstappen is just driving so well and of course he has the best car and a very good car at that but he's definitely flattering it as well because it's just it's just that situation that you do get in formula one we saw it with hamilton at mercedes we've seen it with vettel at red bull where it's man and machine just perfect harmony the car is so suited to that driver that they can just wipe the floor with everyone their team, their teammate you could put anyone else in that car and i don't think they do a better job because it's just like the car is so suited to that driver um you know it's a very very good car but look back in 2020 and start of 2021 no sorry 2020 i think there was that run where max was basically like even though the red bull was so clearly like not the best car he was still picking up the odd race win he was finishing third when his teammate whoever that was was always like 11th and 12th and we were going god imagine one day if max gets a dominant car how clear he will be and the answer is happening right now he's winning every single race basically and it's scary because he really does look just unbeatable and doesn't seem to have a weakness the only time he's not won is when He started 15th in Saudi and got up to the back of Perez, but couldn't pass him and beat him. And then the, you know, could argue he got screwed a bit by the safety car in Baku. Uh, It's not out the question that he could have won every race this year. So, yeah, it's a scary prospect for everyone else. And it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon either. Absolutely not! Uh, Red Bull winning almost
0: everything. Uh, they've they've won everything after Austria 2022, apart from Brazil
1: uh, 2022. So it's uh, it's our Red Bull domination. And did at you hear the, the the stat that lap 48 in Miami, no one's led a single lap apart from Verstappen, and that was the start of oh. May. Oh, lovely! So this, yeah, no one's even led a lap when sport, he's done a pit. You're ruining the sport, yeah, with your Max Verstappen fanboying. It's it's too powerful. To be fair, ever since he signed the onesie, that's it. Like he signed the onesie at the start of this year, and it's just Grace doesn't yeah, even you need you transferred to the powers
0: from mm. the Grace onesie into Max, and now he's Thanos times a thousand. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, next question, Jones RF eight seven three. Could Fernando challenge Perez for vice world champion? Yes. Next question.
1: Yeah, generally could. Like I said, uh, you correct the points. Alonso would actually be leading the the championship from Perez he's looking more consistent Aston are kind of gassing up their upgrades as well and Um, you do wonder as well
0: Red Bull with these penalties that they're hanging over the less wind tunnel time and so on and so forth as we get further into the season as we go into next season as well we have a tiny bit of hope maybe although I am still absolutely convinced that Formula 1 are going to rip up the, the rule book and go again soon because this sport is on a knife's edge right now and uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of conversations about this. Well, and there's a lot of, obviously, discussions on Twitter, most of them being complete and utter tripe. <laughs> but uh, you you have to wonder where this is going to go in the next few years. I don't think Formula One is going to wait till 2026
1: to change the rules again. Not, 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 it, as not if Aston don't catch up yeah. or, or someone catches up. But, yeah, I think the most concerning thing is that it needs to be closer. There needs to be more unpredictability and the overtaking has got bad if you think where we are now the these new rules like how hyped we were after that first race in bahrain and even saudi when you had leclerc and verstappen swapping positions every corner like switchbacks like it was epic yeah and then you were like oh my god formula one you've nailed it these new rules are the best thing ever and then now they're looking like can we go back to 2021, please? Because uh, we need some action.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the problem, right? Because as much as you come out of the blocks in 22, new regulations, the, the overtaking racing is so much better because cars can follow and there's less sliding and, and so on and so forth. Teams will always work to upgrade their car to have more dirty air. Why do it, they it have to benefits ruin it? Them entirely it benefits of course they want they want cars behind them to not be able to overtake them so they will do everything they can and they have because the cars can't follow anywhere near as as well as they they could at the start of last year Uh, there was some good battling in the midfield but i would say that perhaps some of those dive bombs some of those moves was purely because alban was creating the biggest train possible and you had lando norris that was like hey i'll give you some action guys don't you worry and just sending it up the inside beautifully um so yeah it's uh it's an interesting state that we're currently in in formula one but i think you should still continue to uh, absorb and enjoy all p1 content from here until when formula oh, one gets absolutely. good and can you imagine when we do actually get an insane race that will hit
1: like something else won't it it will yeah imagine the watch along when someone Leclerc wins from 20th <laughs> yeah um yeah it's got to happen soon we keep saying it every single race is like Max will there will be one race Red Bull don't win. But like you say, Went it's there. been it was Brazil was the only one. And then even then uh, it was just they could have easily won that uh, if uh, Max hadn't have just wanted to. It. Yeah, wanted to just race Hamilton hard, uh, really hard, like he normally does say. So. No, they're besties now, mate. So it's fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next question. Definitely won't happen again <laughs> Next question from M Lawrence. Do you think Aston Martin is a bit closer to Red Bull or was Max coasting at the end there? Dead bird. I, I mean, exactly dead bird. I don't think they've actually said how much time that potentially lost him. If any, I imagine some, if there's a dead burden in your car, it's not exactly going to make you go faster. Um, I, I don't think so. I think generally there just will be these tracks where they, that the, the teams naturally just become a bit closer. Of course, lots of upgrades this weekend, but I don't think it will necessarily translate to every single week weekend from here on in. And, Yeah, Max is on the team radio. Oh, oh, that curb nearly knocked me out. (laughs) Ha ha. Like the guy is chilling. He is sat back one hand just vibing. It's a literal Sunday drive, I think, for him. I don't think he's pushed to the level of genuinely having. I mean, I'm sure he's 95 percent, but they're not being challenged right now. And there's no need to push. There's no need to to risk the car. Because there's, there's no one in their rearview mirror at the moment. <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, Perez is like, wait for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, quite, quite literally. Um, yeah, Max is, yeah, it does feel like Max is cruising, but it would have been fascinating to see if Alonso didn't have he, the, he had those the issues. Problems, he? He, had yeah. the, he had the problems and also I think he lost some time from Hamilton being ahead Ooh. and it was clearly difficult to pass. If he'd have just got into, even if he'd got into turn one ahead of Verstappen, it would have been really fascinating to see how that race would pan out dare I say it does seem a bit closer than the start of the year but you never know how much that is Red Bull holding back but look Aston Martin have been really like gassing up their upgrades and stuff so pray for Aston Martin I can't believe we're in a situation where if you'd have said this last year that we're like Aston Martin come on take that fight to Red Bull because there's no one else uh would have been like, what on earth is going on? But
0: well there was um that, that reel that went round a lot uh on Instagram of us, you know, completely yeah, yeah. writing off Aston Martin's chances because I mean, who wasn't at the time? And yeah. now, yeah, as you say, fast forward and they are our only hope by the sounds of it. Are they Ferrari? Good strategy. You see what see what happens next. You know what I mean? You so on the next know. episode of <laughs> Ferrari Heartbreak. Let's go to biggest winner now. Uh driver or team. I mean, it's quite obviously Albon. Albon. Um, you can go with Albon this time, Tommy, and tell me why.
1: Uh, because, I mean, P7 is like a championship for for Williams, particularly with how difficult it's going to be. We've said it so many times with a top four now. You're really only hoping for a ninth or tenth. And the fact that he's got a P7... He's right up there in the championship, like 12th, I think now or something, gone from like right at the bottom of the championship up to 12th, which shows that, you know, a P7, a P8 can leapfrog you so far up the order uh, and equally the same for for the constructors. So yeah, it was just perfect for Williams. Uh, Really, really good result for him.
0: My biggest winner, and this might seem weird because he didn't score any points, is Oscar Piastri. Once again, in the mix with Lando, was ahead of Lando yeah. at the start of the race. And again, I think he's really going under the radar of how good of a job he's doing in that, uh, in that McLaren team, and mainly because the McLaren hasn't been very good. But you just look at the, the, the pace difference between them. It's not much at all. I think Lando still has the upper hand, but it is not a chasm. It is but mere tenths.
1: Yeah, but bearing in mind that, you know, Norris would finish races like eighth or whatever. And then Daniel Ricciardo would be down in 15th, 16th and 40 seconds down the road or whatever. Whereas Piastri, yeah, he's not, not beating Lando, but he, he, he's showing that, you know, they've made the right call to, to put him in and, uh, yeah, really impressive from Piastri. I, I think that's a fair shout, even though he didn't get a point. I think, uh, it is going under the radar that he's actually doing such a good job. You know, he was battling Lando at one point. They were like racing wheel to wheel. And dare I say that we never saw that with Daniel Ricciardo because he was rarely uh, anywhere near Lando. So. Absolutely.
0: We now go to biggest
1: loser. Haas.
0: <laughs> How, How Russell.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, fair point. Threw away a big result. But Haas as well. Oh how was how Holkenberg? can we just talk about this? How was Holkenberg from a potential front row start finished 15th? And a lap down. Well, he got completely shafted by the safety car. By pitting
0: on lap seven, I think it was, which mm. was, I mean, an odd strategy anyway. Clearly, the medium is not working on that has. Uh, he was actually going very slowly. I, mean, I think he was getting pretty mugged at the, at the beginning. Um, so they obviously went for something slightly different. And then, of course, the safety car came out after that. And then he was completely out of position. So I think some of that has to be put down to the fact that he couldn't even start f- fighting because he had lost those positions. Uh, and then he was just on, on the back foot uh, from there, really. But... But yeah, to be starting potentially second to finishing nowhere near the points um, is a painful, painful weekend. Not just for Holcombbo, Magnussen as well. I mean, what on earth was his race? I mean, him and Nick DeVries, It it really just gave me seeing that replay and seeing that <laughs> that whole that battle was genuinely the dustbin gif. Yeah, it, it really was. That that was some of the worst wheel-to-wheel racing I think I've seen you know in terms of it was so
1: clumsy wasn't it it was really clumsy pathetic yeah Yeah,
0: very strange pathetic god Tommy pop off mate Um, (laughs) so yeah I'm going to go with Russell uh, because he threw away potentially a really good result I think an easy fourth in the bag whether he could have you know pushed and and, you know perhaps he would would have been quicker than Hamilton who knows Um, but he that was an easy fourth uh, which he he threw away with uh, with an unforced error, which was surprising to see, uh, because he was looking very quick. He was right on the back of of that of that pack of Alonso and, and Hamilton, and yeah, I think he'll be pretty gutted with that one.
1: Yeah, and we don't normally see such a big error nowadays, particularly on you know tracks like this, where yeah the wall the walls do bite and stuff, but for him to kind of go over the sausage curb and not be able to save it and hit him in the wall like. <laughs> I think it's a lot rarer nowadays that you do see errors from drivers. So, and it's a big error. You know, he was running with Hamilton. He's getting a P4 uh, in that race if it wasn't for that. So uh, yeah, big, big mistake from George. And it's just opened up a big gap as well. Like Hamilton is doing very well in this championship. I think it has to be be said that um, he's got a lot of points actually this year. Um, And yeah, George is kind of dropping back through a few kind of, errors and things like that now needs to pick it back
0: up uh, especially after he did that sky sports uh, lie detector test and uh, said he was uh, quicker than hamilton nowadays so uh, <laughs> although you know uh, what driver is going to say no my teammates quicker than me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, true it's uh, it's, uh, it's a very good point right let's now reflect on our predictions that we made on Thursday uh, and see... Well, actually, Wednesday. Uh, don't run D. me, Tommy. Come on, we're doing it on Wednesdays now, the predictions. And let's start with biggest good surprise. And I went for Lando Norris. Now, was he surprising? Oof. Yes,
1: in a lot of ways. <laughs> good dive bombs. It was surprising that he got, got an unsportsmanlike behaviour when he's such a nice so guy. So a point. Lovely. No. You? Uh, I went for Lewis Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Also, just before you go into that, the whole he was a nice guy thing. Wasn't in, in commentary... Yeah, uh, was, it Ted, was like, oh, going it was on Ted. about it. And it was Ted that was like, oh, he's just such a, a wonderful guy or whatever. It was something to that do, like, sort of degree that he was like gassing Lando up like he was like the second coming of Jesus. He, he yeah. was, like, he's just the nicest man ever. I can't believe he would get an unsportsman. <laughs> <He> was just, <laughs> yeah,
1: was it was just... Yeah, it was a bit mm. awkward. I was like, Ted, you're meant to be telling us why he got it, not yeah, that he's not, like he's this nice lovely... Oh, he's a great bloke. I'd love to go for a pint with him. Yeah. Like, mate, tell us why. Um, Yeah. Biggest good surprise, I went for Lewis Hamilton, no. which I'm taking uh, because I said if they beat a Red Bull and Perez came oh, in... Oh, you... Thanks, Perez.
0: No, 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 no. Third, if it beat Alonso, I would have, I would have allowed you. You, you no, didn't beat Alonso. He beat Th- a Red Bull. That's not a bit... That's not, that was not a surprise.
1: He finished... Uh
0: Beating Perez—that's not that's that's on Perez. That's, he wiped
1: the floor with his teammate. He that's finished. Perez
0: being floppy, not Hamilton being
1: good. Finished sixteen places ahead of his teammate as well. Like absolute goat. So, yeah, biggest good surprise, Hamilton. You Thank actually, you very much.
0: You are actually taking oh, a point yeah. for that I'm the claiming third.
1: It. Yeah. You are
0: disgusting in every way. If you beat me by a point, you are, we need <laughs> to talk about this. I need some points this. because I'm behind. Disgraceful. Right, okay, biggest flop, and the curse is back. I went for Kevin
1: Magnussen. <laughs>
0: yeah, shocking. As soon as I didn't go for a top driver, the, the curse has returned. Uh, you better hide your favourite driver away for Austria, everyone, because uh, I'm coming back.
1: Fair enough. I went for Fernando Alonso. Uh, which well. i'm very happy about let me guess he wasn't... oh
0: he didn't win the race therefore his biggest
1: flop i did say on the watch there was a bit where um what did he say i think it, yeah when he dropped behind hamilton i was like oh poor start biggest flop but um no he can't fair play oh, to Alonso, by the, the way yeah fair. i mean he he was giving it large wasn't he that i am never not finishing on the podium again and then i mean he was a man of his word so fair play uh, he's absolutely nailed it. He's, he knows something's coming. Um,
0: yeah. Pole position. I went for Alonso, which wasn't a bad shout. Uh, and you went for Verstappen because you're boring as hell. Like, yeah. You, honestly, you, you've you've used all your Verstappen tokens now.
1: That's it. <laughs> you, you, you just stop. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I predicted the rainy
0: race and I was like, uh, rainy qualifying, sorry. And was like, we're going to get a little Alonso pole. Uh, and at times Alonso was fastest and I was getting very, very excited in my bar in Greece that I was uh, having a nice little uh, cocktail and, and watching. And then, of course, uh, Ferrari disasters happened. So I mm.
1: had to go to forget this, most of it. I said this in the, the watch along on Saturday before qualifying had happened and it aged Uh, very well that it's funny that when we get a little bit of rain we're always like oh this could be someone's chance and then you forget that Verstappen's an absolute legend in the wet and one of the best drivers on the grid and actually you know he ended up putting on pole by a second and a half so um yep yeah okay good good stuff I thought you're gonna continue (laughs) gassing up your boy okay let's go to
0: our top three then uh in first place I went for Verstappen you went for Verstappen. Congratulations, yep. that's a point. In second place, I went for Alonso. <laughs> ah, you went for Hamilton. Yes. Get wrecked. Two points for me, one point for you. And in third place, we both went for Perez, and that did not happen. Why do we keep putting Perez on the podium? It's, we need to. We need to learn that this is not happening now. Apparently, and it's uh, it's Alonso and Hamilton that are the. Yeah. That are the, um, the other two spots on the, on the podium because we know who's finishing first. And then our one crazy prediction. God damn it. At least four DNFs. I can't believe Kevin Magnussen and Nick DeVries did not DNF.
1: I know. If they hadn't have reversed out, you'd have nailed it. hmm And yours? Mine was a Latifi banner. And shout out to... Oh. Ariane Collette, who sent me an Insta DM. And there we go. There's a picture P1, Nicholas Latifi, Tommy's Crazy Prediction. Thank you very much. Sat in the grandstand, That's scribbled it on a bit of paper. Na- I'm na- na- taking na- na- it. No, 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 Hold on. <laughs> Firstly, amazing.
0: Whoever, who was that again, sorry, that did that? Uh, Ari- Ari- Ariane? Ariane? Ariane. Which one is it? Ariana or Ariane? Ariane? I'm going to say Let's Ariane. Let's get the name. Is it an E or an A at the end?
1: A-R-I-A-N-N-E. A-R-I-A-N-N-E. Ariane. 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 <laughs> 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 if, uh, if anyone you, was in the watch log and heard me read out names, you'll know why uh, I can't. Do that. Okay, that's why
0: yeah, we, we usually don't you don't do the uh, Twitch subs. No. um Ariane, thank you so much for doing that. That's incredible. But there's no points because I said in the terms and conditions that it had to be on television and it did not happen.
1: Um I right, someone someone uh take a picture of watching this <laughs> YouTube video on your TV and then it will be no, on no, TV. Well, well, well,
0: well, during the broadcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i need to find these lipos. look me. we've got to get we've got to make this championship no, place okay,
0: just for Ariane, you get the point because yeah, thank you uh, she put that much effort into into making it happen so so well we, done, need, Ariane, we need we one place that. championship this year so come on give me a point <laughs> you, you you do anything for points you you're disgusting um okay and that is it we'll be doing our f1 to 10 driver ratings as always as a podcast tomorrow so be sure to check that out and of course a youtube edit will go up of that as well uh tommy final thoughts
1: uh, final thoughts are just looking at the time this is quite a long podcast which is the classic uh, not a great race equals long podcast um, but yeah uh, it's a shame because it was actually quite good at the start but it just petered out a bit but come on hope Austria please give yeah, us something Austria's good
0: Austria's going to be the banger maybe uh, my final thoughts are <laughs> yes Ocon had a wobbly wing which we were going to talk about but didn't very wobbly Surprised it didn't fall off. Um, but if we haven't spoken about your driver enough, don't worry. Driver ratings, we'll be covering every single one of them tomorrow. So we'll see you very soon. Lots of love. Missed you all. Thanks for having me back. Glad you haven't replaced me and you know changed the business name and locked me out of the, <laughs> of the house. And uh, we'll see you soon for another piece of content.
1: Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack Production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.